Welcome to Simply Paws, a fun show full of positive stories and information for dog lovers. With your host, Donna Jean Chibunko. I want you to love me like my dog does, baby. When I come home, I want you to just go crazy. He never looks at me like he might hate me. I want you to love me like my dog. Good morning and welcome to Simply Paws, the show that is all about dogs. And I'm your host, Donna Jean, and today is our special day of the month that we talk about a little bit of cats. We've got Catman Dan with us today, so the show's all about dogs, but a little bit about cats. It's kind of fun to talk about the similarities and differences of cats, cat people, cat health issues, and all kinds of stuff. So we've done it a couple times in the past, so we decided this year we're going to try and have Dan on at least once a month and uh, talk about fun stuff. So actually, this month is National Cat Health Month. So we'll talk about some health issues there. And then it's, it's also Pet Dental Health Month. I'll mention a couple things about dogs' dental health that you should keep in mind. So good morning, Dan. How are you? Good morning, Donna Jean. It's great to be back here. And it's so great to be known as Catman Dan. It's not yeah. something I would have uh, anticipated when I was younger. So, but yeah, here well. we are. <laughs> Life changes, yeah. right, as you go along. So how are things at Happy Paws Cat Lodging? Things are well. We were very busy through Thanksgiving and New Year and through the holidays. Um, and we're already getting bookings for spring and summer now, too. Great. So um, I always encourage people to let us know if they want to come and take a tour, see Happy Paws, and set things up for you to take care of your feline family members here. Great, great, great. Okay, so let's talk about it's National Cat Health Month. So I'm sure a lot of cat health issues are probably the same as with dogs, but maybe you have to take care of them differently. Maybe they have a couple different issues. So what are some things that you have to be aware of with your cat's health? That's a good point. A lot of similarities when you're taking care of dogs, but it, because it is National Cat Health Month, it's an opportunity for cat people to kind of reassess for their cats and make mm-hmm. sure they're doing all the things that they can for their health then. Obviously, an annual checkup is a very, very key point, just like it is for, for dogs. We just actually recently had an interaction with a cat that we, we noticed, it was a family member's cat, that was a, was losing weight. Mm-hmm. And they were kind of oblivious to it because the, the cat hadn't been to the vet that year. And so it provided an opportunity to actually, for an annual visit, found out she just had her thyroid, had an issue with her thyroid, uh, which, you know, if you have a cat that's actually eating a lot but not gaining weight, there's an issue with that. Right. And so now she's on thyroid medicine. She's gained weight back. She's doing great. So those annual checkups, the annual opportunity for uh, a vet to actually get their hands on your cat, and even our older cats, they go twice a year. Every six months it's recommended. And so we encourage, been encouraged to have our cats. And just it's, just, it's a, a comfort level in making sure your cat is seen. Every year in a cat's life is four years in humans' lives. Okay. So if it's once a year, that's like every two year, two years of us going to the doctor. So. Right. I was going to ask you if there's a uh, a difference in a cat when they get to be a senior cat, how often they need to go, and what is, what is the age that they consider a cat a senior? It's actually about eight to nine years old. Okay, yeah. so it's similar to a dog. Exactly. Okay. All right. Yeah, because usually about eight or nine is when they tell you to start bringing your your dog in twice a year. 
for their blood work and things like that right. to figure things out. And that's a good point, too. Even when they're younger, having that annual checkup is important. But, of course, the blood work, that really mm -hmm. gives that a lot of information yeah. then, too, for their dog or for their cat then, too. Right. Okay, so let's talk about some of the cat health issues. Now, um, we were talking a little earlier before you came in the studio about cat's weight, which is always what well, you're talking about. Your, your relative has the cat with the problem. And the funny thing is, um, you know, with dogs, there's so many reasons – why they could be losing weight, same as with a cat. Um, here's a little a little anecdote. Um, my sister, as I've, I've mentioned before, has many dogs, had, had four dogs at one time, and Cooper passed away last year. But now one of their dogs, Bailey, uh, she's kind of she's a, kind of a mixture of she's I wouldn't I'll call her a mutt, but she kind of looks like a sled dog. When I went sledding one time, so the sled dogs they, they looked like her. She, they're cream colored. They, they don't look like your typical sled dog. They're kind of all one color and everything. But that's what she looks like, a little bit of a Kita in her because her tail curls. But anyway, she was always very skinny, very skinny. The vet was always saying, oh, she's just very active, which she was. She would run like crazy and all that kind of stuff, just play, play, play. Well, after Cooper passed away last year, all of a sudden Bailey is heavier, and I think she looks much healthier. We were, I was talking to my nephew and everything about it, and we said, you know, it's funny because – Everyone said that she was healthy when she was thin, but she probably was, but she was thin. But it's a whole different dynamic, and I'm sure I'm sure cats have that same thing. The whole eating situation is different when there's different number of, of animals there. Very important thing if you have multiple pets, and mm -hmm. most people do have multiple cats, Yeah. that you may have one that eats a lot and the other one that doesn't. And so if you're free feeding them and you're feeding them together – then one's probably going to knock the other one out of the way. Right. And so, you know, it's just thing that you want to monitor. And if you if you can, actually have them eat in separate rooms. Right. Cats, just like people, some eat faster than other ones. Some like to kind of enjoy their food. We have one cat that just eats slow, so slow. That I call that a lounge eater. He's very much a lounge eater. And mm -hmm. he just, we just have to have him in a separate room. And he just, he takes a bite. He kind of looks around, mm -hmm. thinks about what's going on in life. And then he takes another bite. While we have others that basically inhale their food. Right. And so you just have to monitor that then, too. The obesity issue is one that is, you know, with cats just like dogs. Mm -hmm. But I think probably obesity is more of an issue with cats from the standpoint that cats obviously aren't going outside for walks like right. dogs are, too, and having the opportunity to play. And so that's why the food intake, feeding them a healthy food and monitoring and regulating how much they have to eat is very, very important. Because just like people, it, you know, obesity can cause a lot of other issues. Right, um, yeah. And diabetes to thyroid issues and other things, too. And so it's really important, then, too, from an eating standpoint, from the overall health for a cat then. Yeah, and actually, this week, I think there was a new study that came out, I heard on the news, about cat, cat obesity and cat <laughs> overweightness issues, I guess. And it says that more than 50% of the nation's cats are overweight or obese. And so it says, according to the study... From the Virginia Maryland College of Veterinary Medicine, the extra weight may mean extra fluff and cuteness, but it also means, like you said, additional health problems, which can impair a chubby cat's quality of life. Yeah, exactly. That could be an issue when they're that heavy. Well, and it's a natural tendency to, you know, taking care of our pets. We want to feed them. It makes them happy. And especially with cats, if they're crying for more food, just, you know, the thought is, well, let's just give them some more food. Right. But from a health standpoint, that's not the best thing. Yeah. Then. And like you mentioned, a big difference with cats and dogs is that dogs go out and play, and they'll take, and you can take them for a walk. But cats, I mean, cats will play, right, but not, I don't think, as vigorously as a dog would. Well, that's a great point, too. As much as you can keep your cats healthy mm -hmm. and active inside, right. then with, uh, we talked about this before, laser toys mm -hmm. or maybe uh, – 
There's these food puzzles where you can put a few treats in a puzzle that they actually have to play with, but also that helps them mentally stimulate them too. Right. Things that you can do to try to keep them active. But you're right. You have to kind of have a different way of looking at things as opposed to uh, unless you have a rare cat that you could put on a leash and go <laughs> for a walk. Then Which I don't see many of those. There's not many. We tried it with one of ours. Uh, it didn't go well. So <laughs> he would just lay on the ground. So, But, right. I mean, obviously we've read and seen people that have been able to do that. Now I'd say that's probably a very small percentage of, of uh, cat people that are able to take their cats for a walk. Yeah. Now, I don't know this. Maybe you know this. But I know dogs, like the percentage of the time that a dog sleeps during the day, you know, is, is tremendous. And but they, then when you're home, that's obviously when they get their, their activity and, and they get the zoomies and all that kind of stuff. Is it the same for a cat? Cats, I think, sleep on average about 14 to 16 hours a day. Oh, wouldn't, okay. Wouldn't that be nice if we could do that? Wow. I'm, you know, about you, six to eight hours. <laughs> six hours is great, you know. So, uh, But in general, okay. that's how many cat hours cats sleep. They are, many cats obviously are nocturnal, though, too. So they may sleep during the day and then be active at night. We've seen that with a lot of our guests. We have some guests that very much sleeping during the day and then we'll check the webcams in the evening and they are extremely active uh, and during the day though we're thinking is this, is this guest of ours okay because right. she's not doing anything at all soon as we leave for the evening and we check our webcam they're, they're up and playing about playing and doing it, stuff right so again it's kind of generally with cats being overall nocturnal and obviously indoor domesticated cats they've changed a little bit right. too and if they're outside though then they Basically, they, they tend to be nocturnal. That's when they would do – it's in their DNA. That's when they would do their hunting if they were actually wild cats. So. Interesting. Yeah. I never – okay. I never even thought of that. You just – yeah, you don't yeah, think of cats being nocturnal. Well, that's why you have to be very careful at nighttime when yeah. people have indoor-outdoor cats or their strays or feral cats. Many times they're active in the evening. And okay, so yeah. you know, if you have a you know, cat running across your path uh, when you're driving at nighttime, it's because they're out and about in the evening, and that's just kind of that's when they're out. So, that, so basically, the the sleeping thing is similar to dogs that they do sleep. Imagine that, fourteen oh. to sixteen hours I a day to sleep. Yeah, and that's, I, I don't know about you. That's about as much as they get in a week. It seems <laughs> I like say, you know, that's so. a lot of sleeping. I always laugh at the dogs because it's like, you know, as soon as we get up in the morning, we take them out, they do their little business outside, they eat breakfast, and they go back to bed. And I'm like, well, that just doesn't seem right. You know? <laughs> My wife and I think about that a lot, too, because we both work remotely, both work from home, and we're uh -huh. working hard during the day at our jobs, lots of meetings, tons right. of work and everything else, and we'll walk through our house, and there are the cats all just sleeping mm -hmm. and relaxing and cuddling with each other or just kind of yeah. laying around and thinking, who's the smarter species here? Exactly. You know, we're working hard for their enjoyment and for the life they can live. So what, who is the smarter species here? Yeah, really exactly. Sure. Oh, yeah, I know. Uh, yeah, when, my, when I work from home, it's just true. You know, like they're, they're cuddled on the couch together. They get up, they get a drink mm -hmm. of water. Then they find another spot to go and cuddle. And I'm thinking, they have the right idea. You know, Ten so around 5 o'clock, they're like, uh, okay, uh, you're yeah, going to feed us now. Eat. Yeah, it's time to eat. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so. it is kind of funny. All right, here's a question that I think, I think is, this is probably similar to dogs, but it says, how can I tell if my cat is too fat? This says, begin by looking down at your cat when they're standing. And there should be a slight indentation above the hips resembling a waist, which that's the same with the dog. You want to look above them, and they should have a, a definite indentation where the waist should be. If they're a big blob, then you know <laughs> you've got a problem. And he, he, this is a funny question that I found, which it says, why is my cat fat and lazy? And not necessarily your cat is fat and lazy, but it says, put simply, the reason your cat is fat is that it's eating more calories than it's burning which is typical of humans, too. You eat more calories than you burn off. It says the problem is more common, obviously, among house cats because they tend to be less mobile if not stimulated properly. And if your cat is leading a lazy, sedentary lifestyle, it won't lose any weight. 
What are some ways to exercise your calves? Well, actually, then trying to use some different ways. The, mm -hmm. the laser pointer. Oh, that, that's a good one. Yeah, yeah. Right. Now, the, the problem is one cat will actually chase that up a wall, huh. and another, another cat will look at you like, are you crazy? That's a laser in your hand. I'm not going to yeah. actually chase after that. So different toys then, too. But anything you can do to actually keep your, your cat active. The other thing, too, is just back to the feeding part then, mm -hmm. too. Um, I know we've had one or two of our cats that we thought we were feeding an appropriate amount, and we took them to the vet, and the vet's like, mm, okay, they're getting a little bit overweight here. Right. And so one of our vets recommended about a half a cup of dry food. If you're feeding just dry food to your cats, they should only receive about a half a cup for the whole day. Right. And we're like, that's all we're going to feed our cats? That, you know, they're, they're going to be banging at our door you right. know, more and more. And so, but that's really the amount. And I would think generally most people, if not almost all, everybody that has a cat is probably feeding their cats more than what they actually really need. Right. Uh, and so, uh, again, this is something you always need to consult with your, your veterinarian about. But I think generally people are probably feeding their cats. I know we probably were sometimes, too. Well, it's the same thing with dogs. I think people just tend to think, oh, I have a big dog. I have to feed him a lot of food. And yeah. then a, a little dog, they may, you know, you feed him less, but they still might be feeding him too much. Well, and it's just and part of our comfort with our pets, too, that right. we have to be a little bit cautious about because we're taking care of our cats. And so we just own dogs, and we just want to give them food and make right. them feel good. And so that's part of it, too. So I just have to kind of sometimes back off and – we actually measure the food out mm -hmm. now for a lot of our cats. The other thing, too, as they get older, though, it's good for them to put on a little bit of weight mm -hmm. so they're not too frail, though. So okay. there is a balance of when that because naturally we have a couple older guys now that are around 14, 15 years old, and they start losing body mass. They just start yeah. looking a little frailer. Just naturally. Right. It's mm -hmm. just uh, uh, old cat disease or something, I think. It's, not, it's probably not the professional <laughs> term for it. But they start losing yeah. a little bit of weight. And so it's not bad for them to actually gain a little bit of weight as they're getting a little bit older because they're going to lose some naturally right. then too. But, again, th this is advice, but I'm not a veterinarian, so obviously it's something you always need to consult with right, your exactly. and, and get the right remedy then for your cat. Now here's a question with, with the cat and dog things. I mean, some people have one opinion. Do you feed the cats twice a day or once a day? We feed them three times a day. Oh, okay. And even though we, as you can tell, we have a – Several cats. Mm -hmm. uh, and people think it's chaos at our house. It is extremely organized because we have some that eat a special food and they all go in a room together. We have some that eat in another room and they run in that room. It's very mm -hmm. organized. But we do feed them three times a day. They expect, at least, at least for us, they expect to be fed well, when we first get up in the morning. Yeah. And then around 5 o'clock, dinner time, mm -hmm. and then we feed them right before we go to bed, or like a late oh, night okay. snack. Okay. Well, the, the hope is that then they're not going to wake us up at 4 o'clock in the morning wanting to be fed. So, gotcha. Um, that's for us, we've found. And our cats, again, this goes back to we talked about cats' intelligence mm -hmm. uh, and just animal intelligence. But they, they know it's like pretty much to those those uh, those times. They yeah. know it's time to eat. Except we have one guy, Sebastian, I think we've talked about him before. Yeah. That around 4 o'clock in the afternoon, 3.30, he can't tell time. He's like, it's time to eat. And I'm like, yeah. Sebastian, you know, you, you, know, you learn how to, you know, right. to tell time. So. Well, I think that is amazing. Dogs do – dogs are the same way. I used to be able to tell the time from my dogs because if I wasn't paying attention when I had my other dogs, four of them, they uh, they would tell me, oh, and I would know, oh, it must be like about 5.30 because they're all getting – they're looking at me like I should be doing something. And it was funny having – well, you have more than one uh, cat, but with more than one dog, it's like – they would know, and it's like, so we would all go to the food bin, and I'd get their little bowls out, and of course, and I would measure, because each, you know, I got a, I had a 70-pound dog, and I had a 10-pound dog. Okay, we're not getting the same amount of food. 
And so they all wait for me to measure, you know, measure each food out. And it was just, it was very cute because they knew, like, oh, okay, well, that's Bo's food and here's Maddie's food. And it was just very cute to watch them. They knew exactly whose bowl was whose and that kind of thing. It's an amazing thing with our pets is the fact that they can just go to the certain bowl and they know that's their place they're going to eat. And it's the same thing as our cats. Mm -hmm. They go to a specific area and eat. They're not knocking each other out of the way. We have one that uh, we have three that we feed separately because they're on a special diet. Yeah. One jumps up on a table and he only eats there because he wants to be above the other ones. Right. And the other two just sit there and we put the plates right in front of them and they just eat right off the back of them too. So it's very organized and it's amazing with our cats and our dogs how smart they are yeah. to be able to remember that thing too. And yeah. To follow that. We just started something with Paco. He he's a lounge eater. He's always been a lounge eater. And Elvis is a little bit more of a, you know, fast eater, having been brought up with a beagle brother. He kind of picked up that trait where, oh, I better eat quickly because someone's going to steal my food. But anyway, so I feed Elvis in a toy. Like, he has to work for it. And it works out perfectly. He It keeps him busy for a while. Plus, he doesn't eat his food so fast, and he doesn't get an upset stomach. Paco, again, a little lounge eater, but he will walk away. And Elvis has learned, I don't know how he knows, but he knows the moment that Paco has walked away from that food. He could be across the, you know, the condo, and he knows. I started doing something where Paco now eats his breakfast in the bedroom, which people may say, really? But he goes in the bedroom. I put the, the food either up on the bed or on the floor. He's, he's not picky. But it's away from Elvis, and he, it's like he relaxes, and he eats. And so, actually, I started doing that with dinner because it, you know, it's the same, same thing going on, and it's amazing. Now he relaxes, he eats, and he knows because Elvis is adorable, but he will, he'll finish, and then he'll just sit so politely watching Paco. You know, it's very cute, but at the same time, I'm like, Elvis, would you want someone to sit and watch you eat? So we started this new thing where we, which I take Paco into the bedroom, and eats. He doesn't, he doesn't hesitate. He just eats it all. That's an important point because most people have multiple pets, yeah, and they're going to have different eating habits, mm-hmm. and so it's really important for them to be regulated, so to speak, yep. maybe in a separate bedroom or a, sep- a separate area, because the fact that one is dominating the other one and two and eating all their food. Right. I mentioned Sebastian. Sebastian has to eat in a room by himself because if he's with other of our other cats, he will knock them out of the way. Um, <laughs> We actually call him Snickers sometimes, too, because he gets hangry, you know, yeah, where yeah, yeah. It, before we feed them, and he goes around and starts hitting the other cats. Not violently, oh my gosh, or we so would, funny. you know, do something about that, but he just, he gets hangry if he hasn't been fed. So Sebastian eats by himself because if we allowed him, he would eat really quickly. And, and then, then he'd start, go eat everybody else. he would be the one that would be knocking other cats out of the way, while the <laughs> other ones do respect each other, and they, that's mm-hmm. why we segment it by their personalities and their interaction. But... Again, since most people have multiple pets, then cats or dogs, you uh, need to be able to figure out how you can have them around your house. Yeah. And if you have to have one in a separate room, in a yeah. bedroom, that's what you do. Yeah. You know? I used to feed my big dog, Bo. He was, he was a very – he was a slow eater. He was, he, when he was a puppy, he wasn't used to having anybody else around. So as he got older and then he, then he had these other three dogs when he lived with me, he just wasn't – he didn't know how to react. So I used to feed him in a separate little room. He had – since he was big, I would also have – he also had a little table where his bowl would be up higher. <laughs> but he just knew. He's like, oh, okay, I'll go in there. And then, again, it's that, it's that stress-free eating where they're not stressed out about what's around them, who's around them, and everything. Exactly. It's like everything else with our pets. We're trying to reduce their stress. We know exactly. that some are more high-strung than other ones, and we're just trying to monitor that and make sure that it, their situations are as comfortable with them as possible then, too. Exactly. All right, let's take a quick break, and then we'll be back and talk more about some health issues with our cats and dogs. 
Good pups deserve nothing but the best treats, but not all treats are created equal. New exclusive comfort care snacks by Purina are designed with your dog's digestive health in mind. Your pooch will go crazy for the peanut butter, chicken, and pork flavors, and their digestive system will appreciate the wholesome ingredients like whole grains, probiotics, beet, pulp, fiber, and chicory root. With exclusive comfort care snacks, you can spoil your dog without disrupting their digestive health. Sold exclusively at Purina Pet Food Retailers. Pick some up today at Bauman's Feeding Pet in Westminster. Your dog will thank you. How would you like a great cup of coffee? That could also help a pup in need of a forever home. This is John Davis, and I'm a pilot for Pilots and Paws, and I want to encourage you to stop by Hans Pork and Beans. Grab some breakfast or lunch and pick up a pound of WTTR's Midday Cafe Blend, and a portion of that coffee purchase will go to help Pilots and Paws continue our efforts to bring deserving animals to their new forever homes across the country. Just stop in to Hans and look for the WTTR Midday Blend display with the Pilots and Paws sign. And together, we can help more dogs reach their forever homes with every bag of coffee sold thanks to Hans, WTTR, and helping Pilots and Paws. All right, welcome back to the second half of Simply Paws. And if you're just joining us, I have a guest today. It's Catman Dan, and we've been talking about the similarities and differences of cats and dogs, basically related to health issues and things like that, because it is actually National Cat Health Month, and it is also National Pet Dental Month. So let's talk a little bit about dental care for cats, because I know with dogs, they recommend that you brush their teeth, and it's very important to get the tartar off. So what, what, how does that work with cats? Well, dental health for cats and dogs, just like humans, mm -hmm. extremely important because of the impact it has on overall health and the impact it can actually have on other organs and mm -hmm. that. So I know with our cats, we have regular uh, appointments with our vet where they check their teeth and then occasionally have a cleaning. Best to get them in for a cleaning uh, mm -hmm. early before you have extractions and, uh, yeah. and other things done too. It's just a very important part of the overall health standpoint for for our cats. And I was thinking about there was an old commercial about you can pay me now or pay me later. Yeah. And I, I can't remember what that was for. I think it was an, like an auto mechanic or mm -hmm. something. But it really come I think, with our cats and dogs' teeth, yeah. that's where it really comes in, the fact that it is, it's not inexpensive to have uh, a cat cleaning or a tooth cleaning. Right, exactly. Said. But in the long run, it's better to do it then than mm -hmm. down the road. But also for our pets, for them, they can't tell you, like, this tooth really hurts me. And there's times that we've had cats who have been eating well, but mm -hmm. we'll take them in. And all of a sudden, they'll, you know, they'll kind of flinch a little bit. We'll take them to our vet and find out that they have a tooth that's either cracked or has uh, an issue that may have a cavity or something. Right. And they can't tell. It's like, you know, yeah, this, how, yeah, how can they tell you? this tooth hurts back here in the, you right. know, in the left side of my mouth, you know. So that's why regular vet appointments, but also... I know our vets, one of the first things they do is look at their teeth then, mm -hmm. too. And so from the overall health standpoint, it's critical, but also just for their their day-to-day -day living to make sure that they don't have teeth that are bothering them. Right. And something they always say, you know, with, with dogs, 
you know, get them started early if you can brush their teeth and do things like that, get them used to the toothbrush, and, and you can keep the tartar down and things like that because it is true with dogs. The tartar buildup can, and, and depends upon the breed, you know, like little poodles, I was told, you know, can get really bad tartar, and that can really add to health problems because they're such little dogs. But then you've got other bigger dogs, you know, they could also get issues and, and uh, you know, with the with the plaque buildup, and it can, and it causes bad breath a lot of times where if they get, you know, if their teeth are dirty and then they've got debris and stuff, it can cause bad breath, which is nobody wants to kiss a dog with bad breath. Now, do cats get bad breath? Well, we, they do, and actually sometimes that can be a symptom of other mm-hmm, health issues mm-hmm. or, or teeth issues. We've been encouraged by our vets over time to brush our cats. I was going to say, do they, do they tell uh, you to brush had, cats? I hope maybe there's some people in the audience who have had better success than others. We have not had great success. And yeah, I so don't see we that being an easy thing to do for a cat. Supposedly, you start them when they're a kitten right. and get them used to it. You put the toothpaste on your your, your uh, finger and yeah, like a little finger to toothbrush, like those. Exactly bit. right. Mm-hmm. We've had limited success with it, um, and also it's obviously very time consuming too. Yeah. And so we kind of lean more towards the regular visits mm-hmm. and uh, cleaning as needed for our cats. But it is something that it is something that's encouraged and can be done. Yeah. I'm not sure as easy as, as doing a dog, but uh, well, it's not really easy to do a yeah, dog that's either. It's probably not, is it? Yeah. No. Yeah, I haven't had much luck when when my dog that when Elvis was a puppy, I tried to start him early with the little finger toothbrush, and you put it on your tip, and he has little bristles on. Yeah, no, that did not go well. And trying it on the beagle, that was just forget about it. He had wanted nothing to do with it when I had my beagle. So it is a challenge, but I do know that. The you know vets always look at their teeth first. You know if you if you find a dog and if you are you know if you get a dog that you rescue a dog and stuff, they always look at their teeth because their teeth can tell a lot about where they've been, where they're going, that kind of thing. So exactly from the overall health standpoint, then too, it's critical. We have one younger guy; he's only about five or six years old now, who got stomatitis hmm. and actually had to have all his teeth removed. Really? But if he hadn't had regular vet appointments, um, yeah, it was. It was sad from the standpoint that he had to go through two different procedures to have yeah. all his teeth removed, but that's basically the process if you have stomatitis that they need to remove all their teeth. So, hmm. so he's on obviously on a soft food diet, right? And uh, and he's doing fine. But it's uh, again why the health of overall health is important to make sure we monitor, but then with our teeth especially then also. Yeah, because a lot of the I've read lots of articles about there's certain bacteria that get in the teeth that could actually travel into their bodies and cause Just cause like problems. humans, uh, that yep. uh, dental problems can lead to, I think, heart yeah, illness. Yeah, heart issues. Liver, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it affects, the, the, the bacteria is affecting all the rest of the organs. So it's the same thing with our cats and dogs. And right, yeah, and uh, in, in one of my issues of Dogster Magazine, there was a whole thing on dog uh, dental issues, and I'll just really quickly, red swollen gums, and they have a picture of the difference between dogs, and that, that that's kind of like, you know, humans get that too. Your gums can get red and swollen, so... That's something to keep an eye on. Tartar buildup and yellowing teeth, that's always an issue. Dog breath, yep, that tells a lot. Um, broken teeth. Now, broken teeth, I don't know if cats get broken teeth, but, you know, dogs are chewing on things a lot of times. And Paco, when he was a puppy, he hated to be in a crate. He was, in his very young puppyhood, he was put in a crate for too long. And then that kind of makes a bad impression on the dog, and they don't like being in crates. And he actually broke his teeth when he was a puppy trying to get out of a crate. He actually had to have a couple of teeth extracted because of that because they were broken. So, you know, broken teeth, I don't know if cats really get broken teeth or? They can, I guess, yeah. if they eat in part. I mean, they're not chewing on bones like dogs, yeah, I guess. Yeah, that's a good thing. Also, but dogs are chewing on, you know, harder things where they might be able to, to break their teeth on I mean, something. Probably more so of uh, maybe a piece of dry food or mm-hmm. a, tr- a hard treat or whatever, too. 
Now, obviously, they make treats too that are to help getting the. Yeah, do they have cat cat things for they do. teeth buildups and to help them kind of keep the tartar down too? So the cats like it because they're getting a treat, but also right. that's a little bit helpful then too. So, but I know that there's a lot of treats out there. We have to be careful which ones are actually then help with the tartar and which ones are. Right. Uh, then not ones that are really more helpful from that standpoint. The cats don't care. They just want right. the treat. But we try to get the ones that actually help a little bit at least with the tartar issue. Yeah, now do cats like to chew on things that are hard? Like, you know, dogs, they like to, certain dogs like to chew on hard things. Like I just bought these things for Elvis the other day, and I didn't realize how hard they were, but I wanted them for his teeth, and they said for small dogs. And I was shocked when I opened the bag how big they were and how hard because I was trying to break it in half, which – that wasn't going to happen. And so, you know, for cats, are they that hard, or do cats not really enjoy that hard it, thing? It, each one's a little different mm-hmm. um, because some the idea with the, the harder treats is the fact to get them to chew it. Right. That's how you get it helps with the tartar. But we have some cats that actually just they just inhale, basically swallow. They oh, don't and then you've got a problem, right. Yeah, so that's why I think they probably make the treats large enough that they can't choke not so large they can't choke on it, right. but at the same time that it helps and makes them kind of chew it. Then. Yeah, because I was just saying, it's not something you think of with a cat, like, hey, you want a chew toy, you know, or a chew, a chewy, you know, that's kind of a dog thing. The big so. thing with cats, you mentioned chewing, and like, yeah. fortunately, we've never had this problem, the thing about cats chewing on electrical cords. That was my oh, first yeah. thought, though, too. Yeah. I think we talked about that uh, on a previous episode about uh, Yeah, because ha- that's right. I have heard about sample. cats chewing, like, yeah, destructively chewing things, and I guess that's a whole different yeah, when you, but when you mentioned chewing, my first thought yeah, was, yeah, well, well, I don't want them ch- you don't want cats yeah, chewing don't things chewing because things. it may be electrical cord or whatever. So right, which right. We've never had that problem, but uh, I think that's one of the, the things about cats that you see in TV and movies or whatever. That, right, uh, yeah. But so, yeah, so it's important to keep your, your uh, cat and dog's teeth clean. And actually in this Dogster magazine, there's actually teeth cleaning made easy. They've got the little toothbrush. They've got all different ways to um, – they've actually got these little things that they're like little round – to me they look like those little Stridex pads. You know, it used to have acne or something. It's kind of that kind of thing, but it's actually to wipe their teeth off. So that's kind of an interesting interesting way to do it too. But I don't think my dog would sit still for me to do that either. So. <laughs> well, and again, it comes down, I guess, each cat or dog. Yeah. I mean, if you can clean their teeth as much as possible and it's brush it when they're yeah. younger. It's the best. Because that's the best thing to, because if they do have to have a cleaning, I assume with dogs too mm-hmm. – Obviously, there's anesthesia involved. Yes, that's what I was going to ask you. Yeah, with the anesthesia, because it's, you know, when dogs get to be over 9 or 10 years old, you know, you really don't want to be putting them under anesthesia unnecessarily. And so usually they'll ask you, like, if your dog's having something else done, if they have another medical issue that they have to be put under anesthesia, they'll say, do you want us to clean your dog's teeth while they're, you know, while we're there? And, of course, then why not? Because it's it's there as a dual purpose. But, yeah, I, I never am a big fan of just having them put under anesthesia to clean their teeth. Well, and that's a good point, though, and it goes back to the whole overall about their, their health mm-hmm. is they, they take care of it when they're younger. Right. So you try to avoid these issues as they get older. Exactly. Yeah, because anesthesia as the dogs get older is, is tricky because it can affect them in a lot of different ways that you might not even know about. Until well, and I, I assume with dogs, same with our cats, they have to get blood work done yes. beforehand mm-hmm. to make mm-hmm. sure. And we have a couple that have heart murmurs. Yes. And if they have a heart murmur, then, then they, they don't like concerns to do it. actually with them exactly. about anesthesia. So right. this is why trying to keep them healthy from day one, they're a kitten. And I'm sure most people are doing that. This Hopefully this month is a chance to actually kind of remind ourselves then of their overall health and opportunities then to, to make sure they're being taken care of. and. Avoid some of these things when they get older then, too, for them and for 
I guess, for our pocketbooks, so to speak, and yeah. our wallets, too. Yeah, because it does get a little expensive. Exactly. <laughs> so. All right. Well, great. Well, thanks, Dan, for being here today. And we've been talking about it's National Cat Health Month. And then, of course, we want to talk about dog's health as well. And then it's pet dental health. So these are things you want to keep in mind in February. Maybe get your dog's teeth checked out. Make sure they're clean and healthy and uh, that your cat is healthy as well. Thanks for being here, Dan. And like no. I said, we're going to try and have Dan back once a month and just find topics that are interesting with dogs and cats and then maybe even one day we're going to be talking about the different personalities of dog people and cat people and see if there's a big difference now what if somebody is both though we'll, we'll talk That'll about be that interesting. I guess. talk about that in the next show then i don't really find many people that are both to the extent of be someone being a dog person or a cat person this is going to be an interesting It'll discussion. It'll be an interesting topic. Too, it it will be. We'll like, have to, maybe we'll get some other people in here to talk about it, too. Especially because I always considered myself a dog person before I became a cat person. So this will be an interesting discussion. Yes, it will. All right. Well, stay tuned. That'll be maybe next month's topic with Dan. All right. Well, thanks. I hope everybody has a great day and a great week. And don't forget to hug your dog. Or cat. You've been listening to Simply Paws with Donna Jean Shabunko, a fun, uplifting show about dogs with happy stories. Join us next week for more Simply Paws.